The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. special edition of radio um so special this came up so quick i haven't even come up with a name for this smugglers logs uh i don't want you to do clone wars the classified because that's already taken yeah debriefings um i guess smugglers logs work um or well, this sm- is so much this is so new to us that derek and i didn't even know what we were doing when we called in tonight <laughs> actually <laughs> it's a smuggler's point of there we go like the like smugglers were on the outside looking in during the clone wars we're on the outside looking in on the clone wars series maybe that works smugglers point of view smugglers Possibly. POV. well the next batch of episodes after this that we're talking tonight we'll be actually talking about smugglers yeah, yeah. so um it is the smugglers three but for, for this case we're gonna call ourselves the smugglers three um will we'll be the smugglers quattro uh the reason why i say that is yes it's derek and myself mike but also joining us is a listener of the show who's also a friend of mine and we we've chatted so much clone wars during since it's returned on our own it only seemed fitting to bring them in with derek ken as well and that would be josh how's everyone doing since we're not talking the cw flash <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this this makes a lot more sense. So, um, before we get into the show, I'm just going to say, I'm not going to mention, unless you, unless it's okay with you, Josh, to mention the team. Josh works in the NHL, uh, which... Well, can, it's currently can, shut down, but yes, like many had, other he, people's jobs. He had worked in the NHL. <laughs> um, I currently play the game at home. <laughs> uh, NHL's not the only sport doing that. Formula One is actually doing virtual Grand Prix with some of the drivers actually racing in them. Uh, NASCAR started it That's last pretty, week. That's pretty cool. I have seen a couple teams do that. Na- NASCAR did it last week with uh, current racers uh, from both from all levels of NASCAR, including a couple retired, such as Dale Earnhardt Jr. And uh, there was someone else. Uh, can't remember who the other retiree is. But um, is it safe to say what team you work for? Or you, you I think for? it's safe. Oh, it's good. Uh, Josh is with Tampa Bay Lightning uh, down in Mobile, Mississippi. I mean, in Tampa Bay, Florida. <laughs> um, so I, w- I want to ask 
first uh because we we talked about this a couple of years ago or two summers ago it was like summer of 18 i think yeah 18 would make sense yeah um about possibly being involved with uh Orlando Solar Bears when you were with them their Star Wars night and maybe getting a couple players on who were closet Star Wars um, from a sports 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 point of view how as a Star Wars fan have you seen the acceptance of Star Wars within the sports leagues especially with the induction of like, in the last five six years of Star Wars night you know what there's always one player on each team that is a closet Star Wars fan and you don't know it and you're always surprised to find out who it is but there's always someone on one team or the other that loves it and i remember when uh what was it episode eight came out in theaters we were on the road and i told a couple of players i was gonna go watch it and a couple of them were like oh man should you buy like you know one more ticket can you buy two more tickets and let's see you know i think there's like five or six of us that ended up going so there's always a couple. Okay, so uh, with the with the start of um, the Star Wars nights, theme nights, uh, especially in hockey, I, I know it's been going for a few years as well. In baseball, are you surprised that it's taking as or is it? as accepted as easily as it has been or do you think it, it's been one of those uh, slow roll slow rollout type things well i mean i think you've seen a lot of teams at a star wars night uh i think it's definitely been a highly accepted thing i think one team sees another team do it and they're like oh wow they sold out or oh wow their arena's filled and you know their radio and their tv broadcasts are up that game so i think it's a highly accepted and highly uh anticipated things that teams are doing now so well, I, I know who the closet, well, not a closet, Star Wars fans. I know who the Star Wars geek is for the Florida Panthers, only because of an acquaintance of ours who's down there. Can you divulge who that star that big Star Wars geek is for the Tampa Bay Lightning? You know Outside what? I you. still haven't found him yet. Outside of me, I still haven't found the player who's a big fan yet, but I know one of our uh, athletic team members is a huge Star Wars fan, has a Yoda on his desk, and I'm pretty sure if you Google Google it, you can find out who he is, but a uh, huge Star Wars fan. I've seen his personal collection at home. He has, his entire office is dedicated to it, has action figures that I'm sure you, you guys might have at your house, but they date back to you know, the original, original movie, so big Star Wars fan. And it's not me. Well, it's a lot more accepted now anyway. So it's like it, most of the, even um, people that you don't consider geeks or nerds or whatever are still saying it loud and proud that they're Star Wars fans. Right. The whole world's oh, yeah. doing I see it there now. It's moving to mainstream. It's not just a, you're not a nerd anymore if you like Star Wars. You're just a person. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like I said, we're going to be talking uh, Clone Wars and we're going to start off and we're going to come on uh, at the end of every arc. Uh, so obviously we're two episodes into the current arc uh, which is episodes five and six, uh, which is the return of Ahsoka. But we're going to touch on the Bad Batch, the, the misfits. It, it's like the, the the grunts of the island of misfits, or misfit toys. These guys don't I know, care, I, and they're willing to go. I know. I, know, I always loved, um, for the first six seasons of Clone Wars, when every once in a while you'd get one of the clones that doesn't fit in with the rest of them. Yeah. yeah. And usually that's a, just a personality thing, like Echo or Fives or any of the other ones we've met, Rex, Cody. They're not exactly the same as all the other troopers and when they highlight that 
little bit of a difference between them was awesome. But then you get to see these four here that it's not just a personality difference. These guys are totally 100% physically different also. Yeah, it's almost like when you go to, I hate, can't believe I use this analogy. It's going to sound so wrong. But when you go to like a dog breeder and these are the imperfections that don't meet the AKC standards for that particular yeah. breed, that's these guys. These guys aren't the AKC standard for the clone, uh, so to speak. So um, episode starts off where we go to a place that we've seen before, except we've seen this place in uh, Star Wars Rebels. Yes. Uh, so seeing the base, it's like, uh, we'll just fort at Naxus. Uh, it was quite interesting to see what it was like in its prime, not in the disheveled state that we see it in Rebels. Um, did you guys pick up on that right away, or was it something it, it took seeing it more and more throughout the arc, realizing what it was? I knew it was something. I knew we. I had seen it before. I didn't pick up immediately exactly where it was. I just I knew it was like, wait a minute, we've been here. I just didn't pick up exactly where it was. Yeah, yeah same for me. I think I did the same. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I think I think there's a shot. I think there's a shot that almost mimics or mirrors the shot from Rebels, and I think it, I think it's in the second episode of the arc. And as soon as I saw that shot, I was like, "Oh, that's that base from Rebels, hundred percent." Yeah. For me, I kind of knew almost right away from the start of the episode when we get that, you know, the the gunship coming into mountain. I'm like, this looks very similar to to the base Ezra and and Kanan go to, where yeah. where he discovers he can control animals. Animals. But also, isn't the bed, the one they find there, isn't it, um, hasn't the planet been destroyed and that's actually out in an asteroid field at that point? If I remember, yeah. that was actually floating in an asteroid field. I think this planet had been destroyed. No. The base is still there because that part of the planet was still there. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and watch Rebels. And let me look up. They have in the databank, they have this fort, so it'll tell us what the future is. But I believe on Rebels, it's actually uh, um, floating out in the in an asteroid field. Yeah, it has asteroid field as a related. Hang on. Military base... Yeah, it says, um, after the war's end, a cataclysmic event obliterates the planet, though miraculously, Ford and Axis remains intact. The fact the facility becomes a fuel depot and meeting place for those who require privacy in their dealings. Unbeknownst um, to the visitors to Ford and Axis, it has also become the home of a colony of vicious uh, Fairnox. Remember, they were the, the Minoc-looking creatures. They nested there. So yeah, they, after this, the planet is destroyed, and it's floating on the asteroid field. That, that gives us that. So we we have uh, Anakin's trying to deal with a a, a hola or hola call with um, Padme, which we we see Padme just a little bit pregnant, but still trying to hide it. Yeah, so that's interesting because supposedly remember Anakin doesn't know about this, right? But we do find out some other people who I think do know about what's going on. Yeah, Rex definitely knows. Rex and Obi Wan all but says he knows what's going on. Yeah, of course Obi Wan knows. <laughs> So from there, uh, Cody comes, or Obi-Wan comes and gets Rex and Anakin. And of course, Cody's along for the ride as well. This is when we meet up with the Bad Batch. And we come to find out that they are called Order 99. Remember who 99 was? He's the very first oddball that we met. May he rest in peace. Yes. Hero, hero of, uh, what was that, episode two of season season two? I don't remember exactly where he was. Uh, I, know I need to go back and rewatch the whole show. I know it was season two because it starts off with how that group went through training together, how everyone got their name. 
Jones. May, actually, it may have yeah, been later. You're right. I, I thought he died pretty soon. I thought it was like the episode at the second episode he was ever in. Yeah, it was the second episode he was ever in, but I think that was later because they come back to Camino. Uh, maybe that was at the start of episode uh, season five when they go back when uh, the Federation's attacking or the Separatists are attacking the clone factory and, and he helps save the, the clone facility. Anyway, the group is named in their honor but, uh, and nicknamed the Bad Batch because, well, it's just they're, they're a bad batch in more ways than one. Um, so you have team lead, uh, who's also a tracker uh, named Hunter. Um, you have the, the tech geek guy, Nick, the sharpshooter named Crosshair. And then just like any group, you've got the muscle who's kind of dim-witted a little bit. And of course, that would be record. Um, for me, first thoughts on these guys, where's the action figures? Where's the, where's the Lego minis for that? I've seen well, custom minifigs, but I, I want official minifigs. If Hasbro did not have the license, I would say they're on their way. But since Hasbro has a license, you never know if they're going to even think about making it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. We're not going to get these guys. We're just going to get um, just general generic clones. Uh, problem is. Because you need to build more troops. Yeah, but we need Bad Batch. I'm sorry. I want. You need a lot of things. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, now, I think one, one of the cool comments I've heard about it is these guys look like they've stepped out of 80 action. <laughs> oh, yeah. And what, and I think Josh, you and I talked about Tracker looks like he or not Tracker, uh Hunter looks like he came straight out of Rambo. He is Rambo. hundred oh, percent. Yeah. He's cloned Rambo. I'm pretty sure they cloned Rambo. But uh the rest of them is like the, the crew from um uh, from uh Predator. Yeah, there's a couple of other references if I remember right that were um Predator style references in here. Yeah. Yeah. Um so they're on their way to go uh take out um Something on the planet. I forgot what it was. They're oh, trying to find the, out where um, the signal was coming from. Correct. And so on the way there, they crash land because uh, they got hit by by a gun turret. Um, so when they land, Rex suggests they take cover. But of course, the Bad Batch has another idea of how they're they're going to go full force into uh, into battle with with the battle droids and with the tanks. Mm-hmm. And quite interesting approach. Actually, I, now it just clicks why they're trying to go find the central computer or find. That find the source of how the Federation is able to predict their Oda or their their plan because they've been using Cody and and uh, Rex's plan against them. Yeah, they have, they have something that can actually predict what the clo- what Rex is going to um, come up with for a plan. Correct. Which I guess Rex has been creating a lot of the battle for most of the clone for the clone army, even though he's just cap. Uh, so as, as they get going, um, we get to see their unique skills uh, from crosshair sharp shooting to um, to Wreckers, well, wrecking and Wreckers extremely supernatural strength. I mean, he picked up a Republic gunship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, but as their skills are coming to light, uh, even Rex is impressed with this whole thing. Um, but then we get a a question of authority because um, Cody, I remember right, Cody's injured during yes. this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're seeing heads butt between Rex and uh, Hunter. Well, you got to remember, Cody is the one that brought these guys in. He knew them. Rex did not. And Rex is a very at this point, he's still a very straight laced by the book clone trooper. Yeah. Um, I'm almost tempted to have you just take it over, kid, because <laughs> you're you're our king of recaps. Well, go ahead. I'm filling where we need to. I'm looking at highlights here. <laughs> ah, so I, it's been a couple of weeks since I've seen this one too. But um, uh, but you keep know, going. We get it. Things flare up, and of course, the bad batch calls um, Rex and, and the rest of his crew, Rags, 
because the regulars and um it doesn't sit well with rex right away no but the, the the lesson here though is friend or foe you don't mess with that batch yeah well you gotta remember these four episodes also we find out as we go that rex is learning a lot from these guys he thought he was uh, being a commander being the guy in charge he knew he knows war he knows how things work and realizes these guys being as off the book and totally nuts and having their own way they still get the job done and do it effectively right so um by the end of the episode you now they're being attacked they they fight their way out of the tech center out of the cyber center um and tech uncovers a signal coming from a planet called Skako Minor. And then all of a sudden we hear CT-1409 as it drones over and over and over. And it causes Rex to stop in his tracks. Who else could it be but Echo? Yeah. But wait, I thought Echo was dead. Dun, dun, dun. Um, it's interesting because it's not, it's Echo, but it's Echo that's pretty much just the body of Echo, really. Yeah. Because they got him hooked up to so many machines and computers that basically he's just a living computer at this point. Right. He's a board. He was assimilated. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it looked like. And, and that's what's great. But we don't get to that until season two. Or season two. Episode two. Um, now, here, here, here's some trivia from episode one. Uh, it was it, This was originally part of season seven. Uh, and the Bad Batch arc began in 2012. Uh, these were scripted and voiced, animated up to the story real estate. Uh, mm-hmm. And Josh, you are correct. It, these are the ones that were the released as the animatics, animatics. back yeah. in 2015. If it looks familiar, we did get to see this. But they did change things for this. So and I did like the changes too. They would, they added in the uh, scene with Rex looking at the photo of all of his uh, fallen brother, which I thought was a great addition. Yes, it was it was a great great add on. Um, and of course, you know, as we talked about before, the rocky planet of Anaxis, uh, featuring this episode, later shows up in Star Wars Rebels. Um, and as Ken said, it suffered a cataclysmic event, which leads to the Republic the asteroid. Um, now Mace Windu himself went through a couple updates in his appearance uh you know, his body was always been slim prior to this uh now he has a thicker neck a little bulkier chest and torso uh his tabards are a little shorter and boots are closer matched to those worn by samuel l jackson this is also the first time i mean we, they go even this far this is also the first time ace windu has eyelashes ah <laughs> well i noticed it in these episodes some but more in the next set of episodes once we get to those that if you watch we've had what um 2012 was the last episode episodes right yes. so we've had seven to eight years of tech buildup before we got to this and you can see the difference in this if you watch um a lot of times if you get a close-up on them you'll see texture on the skin yeah. which we didn't have before there's a lot of little things that this looks like clone wars is 100 like our old clone wars but if you look real close there's a lot of little subtle changes that make this look a whole lot better yeah and i think that's something you notice as soon as you turn on the new season too the graphics mm-hmm. are they've always been good in clone wars but they're right unbelievable i think in season seven yes yeah now uh with mace windu real real quick uh everyone knows how mace died right the emperor threw him out or the window. No, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> that doesn't mean Mace died there. Leave my, leave my dad joke alone. <laughs> I say we saw the Emperor Anakin threw him out the out window. Yeah, but Anakin jumped out of a speeder and was just kind of free falling through Coruscant and survived. Because he landed in Obi Wan's. Exactly. Now he jumped out of Obi Wan's speeder. Yeah. Anyway, I'm doing Obi Wan caught him then too. No, he landed on Sam Wessel's speeder. Yes. But that doesn't mean that Mace couldn't have done the same thing. But he had no hands. I thought you don't need hands if you're a Jedi. Force cling. What? <laughs> Force kick. <laughs> But again, I think you totally missed my joke there. It's okay. That joke went out the window as well. 
Anyway. Uh, Maybe you chose Norit because <laughs> All right. Since since we're all under quarantine, I, I will stick just inside jokes. The bad part is I'm under quarantine. I still have to go to work. <laughs> How does that work? Yeah, you and me both. Hey, at least I got someone on my side this time. I'm not the only one to have to stay at home. It's <laughs> um, just because Florida. Well, if I could, I would. See, I that's, see that's, that's because now we're on the, Derek, we're on the podcast with Florida, man. Yeah. <laughs> we got two of them. Ding, 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 ding. So at the end. You do that too easily. It's It's Florida. <laughs> Josh will tell you, you turn, you, you make the wrong turn off I-4 and yeah. Oh, man. Be scared. That's the news. You know, you're on level 1313. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, of course, we, we think you know, back in season four, uh, the counterattack episode, uh, we thought Echo was dead, but obviously we hear his, his, uh, name or hear him refer to his name over the call and then uh like we talked about earlier i, I was taken uh bad batch's official squad name clone force 99 yes not order 9 um order 99 is a really different thing i think that's a ham and cheese on fry um uh but clone forces <sighs> 99 is homage to 99 a the original clone that we meet with genetic effects and he sacrificed himself to save uh camino the home of his clones and became the inspiration for uh for his brothers so um now speaking of i now the eyes of the clone wars or of the clones this season are a little different every hero character in the final season has been updated with smaller eyes after several years of making rebels and resistance team took lessons that they learned on the those series and applied them to the clone wars bring characters more in line with recent hmm and then inside the Batcher's ship seems to be a magazine named History Month. Interesting. Okay. Interesting name. And then the, do y'all catch the battle droid lines? You know what's going on? Maybe it's another drill. Sound familiar? I think I've seen that in the movie. Yeah, that was. Uh, on the Death Star, Star Wars. Oh, yeah. To the, um, what you call it? The Stormtroopers, if I remember right. Yep. Yeah. Actually, if I remember right, they brought that back in episode seven. Yes. Something similar. It was similar. Something it wasn't the similar. same. Um, right. Now, the Bad Batch also has, uh, each member of the Bad Batch has a skull icon, their unofficial logo emblazoned on their armor, which is pretty cool. And uh, that would be it, trivia, for this episode. So, Ken, okay. why don't you take us through, if you happen to uh, second episode, Distant Echo. We'll see. We'll see how much I remember of it. Wait a minute. Yeah. The easy way to do it's right like this aha and, and so this we start is, off with just an echo this huh? is the episode with the, the call not the, not the first one yeah but real quick run it through it we start with uh rex going back to the base with master skywalker master um windu tell him hey we know where um echo is alive we know where he's at he's on skyco minor we i need approval to go and anakin tells him straight up says yes we'll go and get it i had they had to check with um the Jedi Council, but they're going anyway, whether the Council says either way. But this is also, um, at the beginning of this, is where we get the um, the hollow call between Anakin and Padme, which, like I said, we can tell, you can tell when you see this, that definitely Rex knows, and Anakin knows that Rex knows what's going on between him and Padme. And then you can tell that uh, um, Obi-Wan knows at least that he's calling her on a regular. Right. We don't know how much he knows, but it's implied that he knows a whole lot more than that. And he's just kind of hiding it for the moment. I don't know what he's thinking he's going to do, or maybe that Anakin will get over it or something. I don't know. But uh, from there, we do get uh, Obi-Wan to also there, uh, tell them, 
we're probably going to get approval. So they take off before the Jedi Council even says anything, if I remember correctly. And they go to Skyco Minor, where they run into the locals, which, which in Clone Wars, we always know this. They're going to run into the locals, primitive locals of somehow. And these happen to be, let me see if I can, a race called the um, Poltex which basically ride these giant bat-looking creatures. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're like bat-lizard things. But um, they do find out, uh, or they're taken down by these Poltecs, and the Poltecs, just like a lot of times, mistake them for, hey, you're bringing the war to us. We don't want your war here. Get out, basically. That's why they were captured. But the um, the Bad Batch, Anakin, and Rex talk the Poltecs into actually helping them and let them know, hey, our plan is to get these guys out of here. They're causing all you guys all the problems. We're going to take everybody and leave is the whole general idea. So we get to um, the Boltex help them get take them as far as they can, basically within looking or within um, visual distance of the floating base that the te- that um, Watt Tambor has built on Skeckle Miner. And from there, the clone force is on their own to get to up to the base. So they, um, I mean, I'm just going real quick through this. So, they do. Um, we have another altercation between Rex and the clones, saying because the clones want to do it one way, Rex has his way if he wants to do it, and um, they eventually um, get it together. Obviously, towards the end of this, Rex learns a lot of things. But um, let's see. Ah, yeah. The their altercation this time is the Bad Batch um, was blaming Rex for leaving Echo behind, and uh, obviously he takes exception to this. Right. Uh, and Anakin actually has to pull them apart and uh, tell them, "Hey, we're all on the same side. Let's go get Echo and we'll deal with the rest of it later." So they get up to the base, take out. Now they, it's interesting. The uh, Techno Union's droids here. That's a totally new type of droid. I think I don't think I've ever seen these ones. It, they're the same. It's a different type of security. They start off looking the same as a normal battle droid except the head's different and you notice they got a funkier pack in their back well also no their feet are more claw-like the feet are claw-like and the heads have like this fin on top of it the arms actually go up before coming down with the blasters on them i love it's um they're not using regular battle droids because of um they're technically not part of the um separatists probably maybe that's their own special they're really interesting though yeah, maybe these are security droids instead of battle droids. I don't know. Could be. Well, we do, like they could, what was that? I was going to say, they almost look like they could uh, turn in, transform into something like destroyer droids. That's what I was thinking, too. There's something about just the way they fold and stuff. Yeah. So, but the Clone Force does find the room that the signal that was coming from here is coming from. And Watt Tambor jumps up, comes up on the screen and says, hey, your friend is dead and his mind is ours. Um, with that, the security droids attack them all. But obviously the Bad Batches and the Jedi are way better um, equipped for this. Mm. So they uh, lock themselves in the room with where the signal's coming from. And that's when you find the Borg chamber with Echo in it. Yeah. Which, it, and it really hits home that that's what this is if you've been watching Picard. <laughs> Because the Picard show right now has a lot of Borg in it. <laughs> Does it? I have not yeah. seen it yet. And a lot of Etsborg. Yes, the XBs. <laughs> but, um, I, guess, uh, I guess Echo is now an XB. That, yep. I guess so, yeah. So they get him out of the rig. They disconnect him from all the wires. Um, and Tech helps figure everything out and figures out, oh, no, Echo is still there. He's just been basically his personality and his, everything that makes him Echo has been basically locked away so that the um, Techno Union could use the rest of his brain and siphon off all the information. And a lot of the plans and the way things Rex does things, he developed his thought patterns and his planning with Echo originally. That's why Echo knows the way Rex thinks. 
And that pretty much brings you to the end of this episode. Is they're locked in the chamber with all the droids on the outside fighting or trying to get in. Right. Right. So back to you guys. This actually, this was interesting because this whole episode was basically just action, action, action. Right. Well, that's a lot. Basically. This whole story arc, these four, the four episodes of this story arc were all straight action. Where yeah. we've seen two episodes of the second one and there's a lot more dialogue and character development in the second one. Yeah. Um. Now, the opening to this one is featured in the trailer that was announced at San Diego Comic-Con on in 2018. Um, yes. This episode also hints that both Rex and Obi-Wan know more than they let on about Anakin's ship. Uh, of course, this is coming from the trivia gallery on Uh The battle of, on Anaxis is part of the Outer Rim sieges. The final campaign of the Clone Wars first seen on Star Wars been set. So, so we see some of this before in the, in the film. Um, the Holocaust Padme was not a part of the original version of the episode. It was added as part of the series rival. Why? Because they realized there was no Padme in any of the episodes. They did this to bring her in. Um, the poster seen in the barracks was the header has the header Space Battles. Features Y Wings in action. Uh, Padme is in early stage pregnancy during the Holocaust. It seems like um, Anakin just did not notice, even though she's kind of holding. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, he's uh, he's distracted. Um, they do kind of, they let do me ask you that. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say let me ask you guys uh, a question an opinion uh, as far as the Y wings go which do you prefer the uh, the plated version or the unplated version what do you mean it's a, well, the, it's a tough the, question um, engines the engines where they're plated all the way through or where they're not I kind of like uh, the original ones we ever see the um, let's, let's ones say, in the Battle uh, Alliance yeah the, uh, the prequel version or the original version or the Clone Wars version the Clone Wars versions of all of these are very much um, just slick and uh, they're basically right off the production line for military use. I like the feel and the right. look of the Rebellion's um, ships because they look more, more rough, more they've been through battles. They actually have some history to them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm going to go I with the too. Uh, original. They have more personality and character. Although I gotta say, I do like the uh, the uh, the gunner uh, seat on the back of the Y-Wing in the Clone yeah. Wars. Yeah. That's pretty cool, but I think I like I think I like the original. I mean the yeah the original trilogy version, the rebel version. Well, yeah, we we see how the Y wing changed though from the original or from the Clone Wars version. What we have there, right essentially because uh, yeah. it really doesn't change in in, uh, in the sequel trilogy either. But I mean it was it was pretty cool seeing all that. Uh, well, the, remember the ones we see in the sequel trilogy are basically military surplus. Yeah, they're what was left over from the the old um, rebellion and. From from the old time of the empire and stuff because they're not the the resistance has no money at all they're not going to buy anything right. new so they're going to have stuff that was 30 or 40 years old right as long as long as they can use a little bit of um spit and bailing wire and to hold it together they're going to fly it yeah even worse than what the rebellion had because the rebellion actually had some money backers true this assistance doesn't even have yeah. that true now uh we also get a glimpse of wreckers workout regime this episode um and the gonk droid apparently did not have problems being lifted one-handed while snacking while record was snacking together i know i thought of you when i saw that i was like oh look at that he's eating a disney turkey leg (laughs) you want to go to the parks next week (laughs) i heard the lines are really short right now (laughs) hey i'm i'm still blacked out of studios just saying (laughs) 
Um, the, now, the techno union foreman, Watt Tambor, was the first time we see him was in the Attack of the Clone as part of the yes. Separatist Gang uh, Council. So it's the same right. same guy. I believe he's been on Clone Wars before also. Uh, possibly. In a couple of episodes. He, isn't he in the episode we see the uh, Ark of the Covenant? Which episode is that? I thought that was him. If it's not him, not. It, it's another member of his, his race. He's It's another. Techno Union. Skinokan. Yeah. Now, Skinoka Minor is the home of the Techno Union. And of course, the Skinokans. It's first. This is its first appearance in animation, but it has appeared in the Star Wars universe once more in one of my favorites, Marvel comic book Doctor Aphra number fifteen. Ah, yes. So, um, when I need to get hold of and read that, yeah, it's a great series, Uh, and I can't wait for. uh, I guess I'm gonna have to be waiting a little bit longer since Diamond has shut down distribution for a while. Yeah, because uh, I I, 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 my books earlier this week and had him pay for them then so they were sitting there and I was able to later in the week just come by and he, knock on the door he opened the door hand me the comments and close the door because my shop he's still there and he's just taking this opportunity to do the cleaning that he never gets a chance to do yeah so he's going from one end of the shop to the other and clean and organize but well, the new Afro series is supposed to start um, this next uh, year in April uh, well, try July <laughs> yeah, probably uh, now the view screen <laughs> the, the view screen that we see Tambor use the taunt ad batch is very similar in technology to the screen that used by the Trade Federation when they contacted Queen Amidala panels. And, yeah. Uh, Big round screen with the... Apparently that is it for... Yeah. yeah. So... The thing with this, though, because the next one's actually commentary on the guys that did all the voices. If anybody didn't realize, D. Bradley Baker, one again, once again, I love these clone the clone arcs because D. Bradley Baker shows how much of a hero and how awesome he is. Because you got to think, everybody, every clone in this entire series is him every time. So if you have an episode that's all clones and nobody else, he's the only one that did any voices in that entire episode. Yeah. Well, I, I think one of the things that I really liked about this, this episode as well is um, when they speak with the, with the other set of natives that say, uh, we don't want you here. You brought war. You brought the war to yeah. us. Uh, Tech is able to, they've never met race before. Seems like no one's met this race before, but Tech's able to translate and then speak right back to them in their own language. I'm like, okay, that helmet's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, that was a little bit of a stretch. It was a, from- bit, of, it, it was a bit of a stretch, but it was still cool that popped up. Yeah. yeah. Well, you notice he didn't do it immediately either, though. No. It took him a little bit for the computer to process what it was listening. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to pass this around. Hey, Josh, you want to fill us in on episode three? Let's see. Episode three. Well, obviously, we talked about the bats. So, they were coming to uh, this episode to play a lot. Uh, so, what happens? Let's see. Tambor shows up. A bunch of battle droids outside the room that they're in that they just saved Echo. Uh, and then we get to see a new weapon, a new toy that the uh, Tambor and his crew have made. And it's called the Decimator. And it's basically this mini ball that shoots electricity. Uh, so they're racing against time as the droids are trying to cut into the room. And Echo's trying to get unplugged. Wrecker, uh, Echo tells everyone that there's a secret hatch that leads to the outside. So Wrecker starts tossing everyone up through this hole in the ceiling. And, uh, of course, Rex gets tossed up just like he did by Anakin a few seasons back. Um, and then... They blow up the room. Anakin force lifts Wrecker out of the room. So oh, then what happens? Let's see. I do they, like uh, how Anakin, though, told him straight up, hey, wait, no, no, no. You don't have to toss me. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And in the in this point, they've created a new sport called clone tossing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I love, yeah. too, uh, as Josh was just saying, you know, Wrecker was willing to sacrifice himself to make sure everyone else got out. And so he sets all the 
decimators or all, all the yeah decimators all around here here comes the one battle droid looks around like uh or yeah they send in the, the probe droid well yeah it's kind of similar the probe to what, droid is the decimator yeah it, it's kind of so similar to what it's kind of similar to what we see in uh in the death star you know just one of those type on princess leia yeah yeah and um even though it's not a that this isn't an integra- uh, interrogation droid um but you're talking about dr ball yeah this is not Dr. Ball. This ball is a little bit more shocking. Uh, yes. I told you, inside jokes. Darth you've, been home, you've been home too long. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. I am so ready to go back. Um, but when it comes in and starts sweeping the area, of course, it never sweeps up. It just sweeps head level or everything head level and below, which, okay, you're a ball. You should be able to do a full 360 scan, not just... 180, essentially. Yeah, then that would ruin the story because they'd know where everybody went. But as, as it's coming in, you know, seeing Anakin lift Wrecker up with the Force and you know, just seeing how Wrecker's reacting was pretty cool. So back to you, Josh. Yeah, I did like that. I loved Rector's reaction. He was like, "What? What is happening?" But so they get out and they make their way onto obviously this. This I don't think we mentioned it, but this city. I think we mentioned it once actually. The city is built basically in the clouds. It's almost like a cloud city type of base or city. So they get out and they're on this walkway trying to get over to one of the uh, shuttle bays. So they're on the small passage they're walking across, and the droids all come out. So they're trapped droids on both sides. And this is when Tech. Uh, says he records everything and he recorded the distress call of the pterodacts or the giant bats. So he activates the distress signal and all the bats come flying around and they're like, what are we going to do? And I, I don't know who says it, but they're like, we got to jump. So they jump on the back of these bats and they basically fly back to uh, to the native village. And, and uh, this is when we discover that the droids can fly now. So the droids are chasing oh, them yeah. down and they, yeah. They fly now? They, they yeah, fly they now. fly at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so they fly back to the village where obviously the villagers are like, what are you doing back here? You brought the war to us. And I actually love this part because it's when Rex uh, gives this good speech about how, you know, the Tambor and all them are not, uh, they've already chosen a side. They've picked to be with the Separatists. Look what they've done to Echo. Because, you know, Echo is basically a half robot now. So Rex that says, hey, you know, you, you guys are going to have to pick a side, you know. So they end up teaming up and uh, it doesn't go too well for the natives, but ultimately the clones and the natives end up winning and pushing them back long enough for the uh, for them to get out. Yeah, I, I think I think everything was very cool with all that. So, um, well, we go trivia from this episode. The uh, Techno Union, as we all talked about, made several modifications to Echo, including a scomp link attached to his arm. This is kind of the same thing that R2 uses to patch in or most astromechs use to patch into any computer. Um, and he uses it to to, to unlock that that they all escape from. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we talked about already the decimator being the new technology. Um, the D-Wing droid, what they're being called, uh, is a hmm. unique variant, the classic battle droid used by the techno. Uh, okay. Then we see a new flying variant of the um, Octu Terra droids, which we see the the standard version in Revenge of the Sith on Utapo. Um, yeah. But we see the new They'll- we see a new version here. Okay. Well, these are also remember they were used in the original Clone Wars movie. Yes. And a lot of stuff you see Anakin do to these here, you saw him there doing it also when he was working with um, Ahsoka. Right. Well, when Ahsoka was hiding underneath the basket trying to slide through. Right. But again. Like I said, you know, the first time we see them, though, we, we see them at Revenge Sith. Um, yeah. Now, this is when we discover that typical 
typical stereotype, the muscle has a fear and typically fear of heights. Well, Wrecker has a fear of heights. This is when we find out Wrecker was based on B.A. Baracus. Yeah. Because <laughs> remember, they had to knock him out to get him to go up somewhere. Well, they, didn't they do the same thing here? Yeah. Yep. Um, and of course, as told to StarWars.com, uh, D. Bradley Baker, uh, as we talked about, pretty much was by himself because he was assigned to each clone a, an objective to make their personality and a voice distinct in mind. Uh, so, like with, with Rex, his objective is solid. Uh, now, Skywalker sounds wood is the voice of Watt Tamber. Uh, in the original run of the Clone Wars, uh, he returned for the role for the final season of Plus, but this is not the only his only performance episode. He also voices the separate droids of the Separatists, including the new D-Wing. Yeah, if you pay attention, Matt Wood's a lot of different... If I remember, he's also um, General Grievous. Yes. And a lot of the mechanical mm-hmm. voices and droid voices he does. Yes. So, um, so that, I believe, wraps up. I can't say this, and I do want to add this. I love the use of vibroblades in this episode, and even the first episode, you see a heavy use of the vibroblade, which is great. Right, Obviously, we just came off Mandalorian was the last Star Wars production we saw so I think that's really cool that they added a heavy use of that uh, weapon in the last two episodes yeah yeah yeah. yeah. now that they finally made it so you know what it is it's been in Star Wars since way yeah. back when but we got, finally got a chance to see it and now they're going to start using it yeah so Derek why don't you bring us home with discussion of the last episode of the arc alright so oh my knee just cracked <laughs> Um, the f- episode four, uh, unfinished business. So, um, this, this is actually an interesting episode in a couple of ways, uh, get to. So first of all, we have, uh, Mace Windu's no nonsense speech. Um, Mace Windu and Obi-Wan and the clones are all, um, surrounded by several clones, um, um, I'd say probably a couple hundred at least. And, uh, he gave a, a speech in which he said that, uh, he has settled and destroyed over 100,000 other battle droids in battle. And, uh, you know, kind of, he has no problem taking them out. I did hear there's a chance that this is actually a slight reference. And I heard it on another recap show, so this wasn't my idea originally. But this could actually be referring to the old Clone Wars micro episodes when Mace Windu took down an entire army of clone droids. Or um, droids on his own. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, I remember I like that. They may be referencing that without officially referencing it into canon. Hmm. I, I think I do remember remember that. I got to pull those DVDs out. Yeah, I have the DVDs also. I should. I haven't seen that in age. That was a they good little. They should put those up series. on uh, Disney Plus. <laughs> they should. They should, but they well, they won't because it's, they might not have the full rights to. Them. This is true too. Yeah, because Warner Brothers may have that. Yeah, because it was on network. Yeah. But they do have the rights to do it to the walls. Yeah. Uh, Everybody's at home and um, has nothing better to do. They need to put droids and Ewoks up there. Give something yes. people something to binge. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. So now we have Mace versus the bomb. So uh, Trench uh, had placed a large bomb uh, in the fusion reactor, uh, and uh, Mace 
sends everyone owns an Obi-Wan away so he can handle it himself. So he charges headfirst into the fusion reactor to see the bomb that is protected a ray shield, which would prevent most people from inputting the code to disarm the massive weapon. Jedi are not most people. So he uses the force to put the decrypted sequence in as fast as Echo gather the... Uh, but when before he could put in the last number, Echo gets a little bit of a shock, his uh, scomplink attachment, and uh, he's out. Which then leads us to number three. I don't have such weaknesses. So this is this is where it got kind of really interesting. Uh, Anakin goes to the bridge of the ship to confront Trench, and uh, we could, if you pay attention, you could already see that the redesign of Anakin has already kind of hinted about him inching to uh, the Revenge of the Sith, Anakin. Yeah. But we really get to see it in his action when uh, he threatens Trench to get the last number of the code for the bomb. And, of course, Trench Trench is not afraid because he knows that a Jedi would never kill him because Jedi don't kill people like that. Um, but uh, Anakin shows him that uh, he's uh, a little more serious than your typical Jedi. And he couple of his cybernetic arms and then he skewers him with his uh, lightsaber. So it was kind of interesting. Anakin kind of going a little bit towards the dark side there, letting his anger take over. Yeah. Which is it's interesting. It's kind um, of, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I say the thing I saw on this was um, you get the same type of decision in um, episode three when he kills Dooku. And that one, you can see Anakin right. is torn and um, being emo Anakin at that point. And this right. one, he kills Trench and just moves on. Okay, let's keep going. It's not no problem at all right. with it, which I think is just a difference in the writing, really. But it's interesting to see the difference there. But it, it could also be it because before. it could also be because, um, you know, Palpatine was there. He had, you know, witnesses to that, to Dooku. Yeah. But in this case, it was just Trench. So there was nobody there to, to bring up the con- conflict inside of him, I guess. I don't know yeah. if that sense what I'm Possibly. trying to say. So I think it's just the difference between George it. Lucas writing it on his own with well, nobody sounding it off, and then these guys actually... Ultimately, I'm sure it was, but I'm just trying to put a story spin on it. <laughs> yeah. well, I think Trench, too, because he had that he had that like taser thing in his robot arm, and then he had that taser in his cane. So, I mean, he, you know, Dooku was unarmed, and then literally unarmed and unheaded. But, uh, <laughs> but right. I mean, Anakin, did he, was Trench really unarmed? I don't know. I'm just play, playing devil's advocate you know so yeah. just right. kill him and then then you're good right well <laughs> excuse me actually trench wasn't unarmed because he had uh six arms <laughs> <laughs> still have half of him left he's a spider yeah well yeah I, he did i, I, I love like three. i love that little touch when he died he curled up like a dead spider usually does. Yeah. Yeah, I he did. Yeah. So, um, I guess with, with uh, trivia for this episode. Uh, hey, hold on. We're not done. Okay, sorry. There's a final scene still. No. Jeez. Okay. Jump. Yeah, I'm jumping the gun. Sorry. Wrecker's happy day. Um, oh, yeah, that so too. Through the whole episode, uh, Wrecker was whining that he did anything to blow up. So, uh, after Echo killed Trench, I mean, um, 
Echo. After Anakin killed Trench, <laughs> he grabbed the uh, detonator for the ship and he gave it to Wrecker and let him blow up the ship, to which Wrecker was very happy and grateful. And I think he might have cried. <laughs> yeah. I can really set off a bomb that big. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, but he blew up the ship, which then in turn blew up the two ships next to it. So he must have really enjoyed that. And then finally, at the end, we have Echo's new where Echo, where the uh, the bad batch convince Echo that he's kind of one of them now. And he just joined them. So it all... Everybody ends up happy and where they belong. Isn't yeah. that nice? That's nice. Well, uh, as, as we saw in the beginning of this episode, Echo gets a new design on his um, in this episode featuring the skull-shaped Bad Batch icon, uh, foreshadowing his alliance or his allegiance to Team or to him. Um, it, and it's cool how everyone else is wearing yeah their their striping is red, whereas his is still blue in this. And I love the yeah. new I love the new helmet wearing. Well, oh, it's very slick. Yeah. So I'd be curious to know just what the practicality is actually seeing through that helmet when when members of the 501st actually build it or members of the Rebel actually build it for, for costume. Um, now the star map, we see uh, Mace and the other stand around is, uh, or stand near, is very similar to the map designs in Star Wars, those especially on Yavin 4 and on Hoth. And if I remember right, and uh, you can back me up on this, Josh, similar looking star map that we see outside of the ride rise of the resistance yes mm-hmm. yeah the hollow tables yeah they, they they have one of the star map tables outside uh, right at the entry queue line i remember right it's been so long since it's been open i don't remember <laughs> um, now the y wings of gold squadron are making a bombing run on the Separatist outpost. And of course, nearly two years or two decades later, a group of rebel bombers flying as Gold Squadron do the same on a wholly different target, a.k.a. the Death Star. Yeah. But I always thought Gold, Gold Squadron was the, the Y-Wing designation anyway. No, I think it's actually the squadron names on it. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, but I've always been under the impression it, it's the squad that flies the Y-Wings, always Gold Squad. Because you hear it in Rogue One, you hear it in the original trilogy. We've heard it with Clone Wars. Uh, and I think even in, in Rebels, when they yeah, get the next wing, the, yeah. the Y-Wing, they mention that they, they are, uh, it's Gold Leader with uh, Phoenix Squadron. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. So, um, the Y-Wing is the remains the oldest line of ships in both Rebel Alliance and the Resistance, since it dates back all the way to, to the Clone Wars. Nice. It's like a Honda, they just don't die. True. <laughs> uh, now, Clone Trooper CT-5597, better known as Jesse. Um, a brand new armor featuring his classic Republic icon helmet design. So, uh, I was looking at, aside from the paint job on his helmet, I think the only thing different is the, the way the papillons are. This goes fully around. It's almost like he's wearing double papillons. Um, of course, you know, the spider-like Admiral Trench holds a stunned web shooter in one arm. Uh, and it's his cyborg arm. Because if you notice, one side is cybernetic the other side is his regular uh, fighter self he's died a few yeah. times if i remember correctly yeah 
That was one of the times. things Anakin. That was one of the reasons. Remember, Anakin went into his thing of killing him. It's like, oh, I've, we've got we've killed this guy a couple times. You know what? Let's make it permanent. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like I said, you know, upon his death, uh, he lies on his back with his legs curled in, mimicking the death of a real world spider. Uh, and like I just mentioned, uh, half cyborg like Grievous and Maul. At, at this point, Clone Wars Maul's half cyborg as well. And uh, that's it. For the trivia. So, um, opinions on the first arc. It was good stuff. Yeah. It was an interesting way to bring it back in. You definitely know it's Clone Wars. But what they got me was just the first thing. When the Clone Wars comes up and you hear um, Tom King come in with the opening um, newsreel. It's like, now this is what uh, I, yeah. I've been missing for all these years. Yeah. 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 But this was a good way of um, introducing, bringing us back to Clone Wars, but introducing new people to what this situation is also. If they'd have thrown the Soka episodes first, there people would still been wondering exactly where we're at in the timeline and some of that type of stuff. This here tells you exactly where you're at. You're in the middle of the war still. There's still clone troopers everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I like that they started with the clone with a clone story arc. Mm Mm-hmm. And you didn't have to, you didn't get a whole lot of character development for the main characters of the story. There's a couple little things in here. You get some Rex development, you get a little bit of Anakin, um, you see his decisions going back and forth, and you see some cameos from some of the other characters, but you don't get into the heavy stuff right away. Right. So people, like I said, who are new to this can learn what the world is before you get into the heavy character development and things like that. And I think, too, this bringing you in, like you guys said, with, with the clones, it brings you in, it introduces you to your clones, lets you know where it is on the timeline, but on top of that I think it builds on what Clone Wars has done in the past and that's really humanize and kind of give the clones their own personality and their own you know they might be clones but each clone is an individual with a bad story with a different way of thinking with a different attitude and I think these episodes just really punched that home with I mean obviously Tech, Crosshair, Wrecker, all these guys who are very very unique so I think that's a great way to bring new people in who might not have watched the other seasons kind of give you an idea Mm -hmm. of what Clone Wars is all about yeah um i'd be curious to see what y'all come up with uh, i took the which member of bad batch quiz on starwars.com and i came up with tech which i'm happy I took for it, i took it i took it and i got tech as well i got hunter i oh. i i really like tech uh i think he's yeah he's my favorite in the group not that the others aren't awesome because I, I would love to get the whole set if they have released and i i would hope hasbro does not do something stupid and make them a san diego comic-con exclusive um mm. but i uh, wait wait that's if they even have san diego comic-con this, this year is true too mm-hmm. um but i i definitely definitely want to have you know, the figures both ways I, I would love to have it as uh, lego minifigs and as regular big black series or three and three quarter or both so um i guess josh you're the only one who needs to take that quiz i know i'm just i, I like cross here but he's got a bit of an attitude for me so I, I i would prefer the other three so let's i'll see what i'll let you guys know what i get so so you're saying crosshair is a bit like sydney cross whoa i didn't i didn't say that <laughs> almost a bit of a crybaby as well did I, did uh, I, say that? I think Wrecker might be more of a crybaby with his fear of gravity, as he says. Yeah, really. And actually, he wasn't the only one. If you actually look at the way this crew is, 
they kind of um, had an AT Mark V about them anyway, since it was just the four of them. Yeah. I just can't figure out between yeah. Crosshair and Tech, which one would be Murdoch, which would be Face. Hunter is definitely Hannibal. Yeah. Um, I can't tell between the, the other two uh, that don't fit. The other, BA and Hannibal are there. The other two kind of don't fit with the team the way they were built. Yeah. Tech, so. since he's also the one flying, would be more uh, Murdoch. Yeah, but he doesn't have the crazy vibe about him. See, that one, that kind of, you know, it could be. It could be Wrecker is all four of the A team mixed into one. Well, no, because Face and Hannibal are not in there. But Wrecker was kind of crazy, too. Yeah, he, oh, he's, yeah. A, he's a mix of BA and Murdoch. Okay. Um, Tech reminds me of the guy who wears glasses that's part of the uh, Schwarzenegger's team and Predator. Yeah. Mm. Well, all those 80s movies had their tech guy. Like, there was a guy in Alien yeah. that was like that. Aliens. Yeah. So, um, I think any any final thoughts about any of this? Uh, it's nice to, to have it, the series back. Um, at least for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully this does well enough on here that um that Disney will look at this and say, Oh wait, there is some merit to the old Clone Wars style. And we may get another series that won't be Clone Wars, but right. we'll get the same style, the same amount of weight to it. Because if you look at what they've done since they let Clone Wars go, Rebels skewed a little bit younger. Not much, but a little bit younger. Resistance went a lot younger than that. Yeah. It's like you know what? Adults want animated content too. Just because it's animated doesn't mean it's fluff. It's just for right. kids. Right. Well, th- they have mentioned Rebels maybe getting a second season or a spinoff, a spin-off series, series, which could go more adult, especially mm-hmm. since we're going to have Sabine and Ahsoka yeah. and the search for um, Ezra. I most likely will have Hera with, with Jace. Yeah. Um, well, the, it would be interesting because um, actually, if you watch Rebels, they started skewing a little younger, but as the seasons went, it actually matured up a little bit. Yeah. 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 The only- we got towards the end, it was closer to what Clone Wars was. The only one that didn't go that route was resistance resistance was skewed towards the younger and stayed there yeah right well they only had the what two or three seasons total two to se- do that two, two seasons, seasons. Yeah. yeah so they knew what they wanted and that's what they're where that was supposed to go yeah yeah that show really didn't evolve any other much. final thoughts nope josh mm, i'm interested to see if we see tambor again because uh mm. you know that they, they I think he says, like, yo, you know, we have to find a new way to make an investment or to make, you know, make money. So I'm interested if he pops up again or if, if that's it. That's all we that's he's done. So don't we see him as part of the uh, separatist council that we, gets killed in? On, oh, he's um, there. Mustafar? Yeah. Yeah. So we know he's still around. I, I just don't know with now six episodes left what they're going to do because Ahsoka's still got to get her troops. I'm wondering too if we're gonna see that Utapau arc that the that they had in the animatics, which is uh, yeah. one episode. I, I don't know if we're gonna see it or not, or if they if they finished it, if it's in the fit. Not so, in this. You know, yeah, no, we've so. got we've only got two arcs left. It's the thirteen thirteen arc and then the Siege of Mandalore. Yeah. So each of those have four episodes. The Ahsoka one, I think the thirteen thirteen arc is gonna uh, bring us to her meeting up with Anakin again, and either she'll get the troops at the end of that, or she'll actually get them as part of the Siege of Mandalore, and she'll lead him into onto the uh, Mandalore because uh-huh. she's part of that too you, you know what I mean right right well um, how do you guys rate the first arc 
uh, I don't even know what to use for a rating system. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give it a rating. I'm glad they use this first, but obviously this is not. This is the one that was a great start off. It's not going to be the meat of um, what we're waiting for, right? Because one, we already knew what was going to happen here, basically. Yeah. Right. I mean, they changed some stuff, made it a little bit, made it better than what we had before, but we still. This was still something we already knew was there. The next two arcs are going to be the ones that are the meaty. We want to get d- deep dive into these, and it's going to be awesome Star Wars um, mythology, right? Especially with the Siege of Mandalore. That's going to set up so much with Mandalorian with the first season and the second season of Mandalore, Mandalorian coming up. The Siege of Mandalore is going to set up, I think, so much stuff that may pay off in Mandalorian Season 2. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, if we don't have anything else, uh, thank you guys for, for joining me last minute for this. Uh, Josh, welcome to the show and part of the Clone Wars uh, point of view from a smuggler. We'll, we'll work on a name. Something for us to come up with for, for when we meet up in two weeks at the end of the next arc um so at this point in time there's only one thing left to be said give the evacuation code signal all right cut the chatter jet i can hold it pull up no i'm all right i have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this r2 unit i've lost r2 The name's Rex, but you'll call me Captain or Sir.